Hello and welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap. My name is Shannon and before we get into today's episode, I just want to mention very quickly that I am not sure if I will be back with another episode of The Hills. So if you've been following on social media, Spencer is doing his normal thing bashing everyone, talking about how Elsie is this and that, and Andrina also released a book in which she does discuss The Hills, her experience on it, and with Lauren Conrad, and I am just over it, and it's reminding me why I actually hated The Hills, despite loving Lauren Conrad and Whitney. I am just over it all. And seeing Spencer, especially all over my social medias, when I don't look him up, I don't follow anything that has to do with him or even Heidi or anything regarding the hills. And he is just constantly popping up, doing his thing, bashing, shit talking, and it's making me not want to watch the hills. So it is unknown at this point if I will continue with the podcast episodes involving the hills. So I do just want to go ahead and make that statement. I did not forget about The Hills. I did not forget that I was in the middle of watching it. This is just what's going on and why I am not focusing on The Hills at the moment. On another note, Orphan First Kill is about to come out and I am so excited. I did not realize how close it was to premiering and i am so excited i am counting down i am so fucking excited also i want to go ahead and say that i did also recently watch a movie on netflix called choose or die if you're looking for a horror movie skip this one it's it's not worth it i can't believe i wasted my time watching the movie just just don't watch it. It was it was stupid. No offense to the people that are in the film. Um, it's just not worth it. So don't watch it if you come across it on Netflix. So with that being said, let's get into a better topic and talk about season two of Manifest. So season two of Manifest only has... 13 episodes versus 16 in season one. So hopefully this episode will be shorter than the first. So season two picks up with Michaela being shot by Zeke while him and Jared were fighting over his gun. Michaela tells Zeke to run despite Zeke wanting to be there for Michaela. But Michaela knows that Jared will have him arrested, so she tells Zeke to run, and which he does. At this point, Michaela and Cal share a calling about a plane nosediving. And then it kind of just skips over everything, and now Michaela is fine. She's out of the hospital. She goes back to work, and she is partnered with another person named Drea. And her and Jared will no longer be partners. Now, I found this really weird that the show has two female cops partnered up. 
from my from my experiences, females are always partnered with one male, and it's very rare that two females will be partnered together. Um, so it's kind of weird that these two are partnered together, but you know whatever. And there was also a new boss, and she is a very hard, very big hard ass, and she does come down on Michaela and Jared, especially Michaela. Like, there's no tomorrow. So, there are two passengers that end up missing. And they are eventually found near a bridge. And they were wanting to commit suicide. And in their calling, they believe that's what their calling was telling them to do. However, it turns out both of Michaela and Cal's callings and these two passengers callings were actually bringing them to that bridge to find a car with a family who are actually trapped in their vehicle in the water due to the dad falling asleep at the wheel. Savani has been seeing a therapist since season one and we find out that the therapist is actually the major and Savani is telling the therapist everything that is going on. The callings, her research, Cal's miraculous recovery. And she eventually even tells the major about Ben and Grace's pregnancy. Ben is then kidnapped by a group in a van that was following him his family, and other passengers. Although it turns out that inside the van is the very much alive Vance. Zeke pleads guilty to shooting Michaela. However, Michaela then testifies and turns it into a show and basically blames a very jealous Jared for everything and eventually is able to get Zeke out of jail. So this causes a lot of tension between Michaela and Jared and even for Michaela and the department as well because she is being seen as a whistleblower now. So while trying to see if the baby is Grace's and Ben's, Grace has a calling at their doctor's appointment and she runs out of the room, and when she tells Ben, they themselves confirm that due to her receiving a calling, the baby is most likely Ben's and not Danny's, and this is now causing Olive to start feeling like the odd girl out because she's now the only one in the family who can't have callings. So because of her feelings and feeling like she just doesn't fit in anymore, she ends up joining the Church of the Returned, which is ran by Adrian, who is also a fellow 828er. And Ben has expressed a lot of hatred towards this concept or cult, as him and Grace like to say. And he feels like the Church of the Returned is actually turning people against 
the A2Aders and is causing more harm than good. We are now being introduced to TJ, who is a college student at the time that the plane disappeared. And he actually ends up finding out that his mom committed suicide. And he has a calling. And Ben has a calling as well, which throughout the season, Ben's callings are leading him towards other passengers who are essentially like freaked out by these callings and confused. So his calling leads him to TJ, who TJ then has a calling in which it leads him to find a dead body of a girl from campus. And upon investigation, they find TJ's fingerprints all over her dorm room. And TJ is now being arrested for the murder of this girl. But Michaela, with the help of her callings, is actually able to get TJ free and arrest the real perpetrator, which is a campus security guard. And we do find out the reason that TJ's fingerprints were all over her dorm is because this girl found all of his belongings in the trash when they were thrown out after he was presumed to have passed away. And as a result, his fingerprints were on everything. So... Due to Savani constantly telling the major information, the major ends up becoming more dangerous, which we will see at the end of the season. Ben gets a job at a local college through one of his old friends, and we find out that his old friend and the hiring person from the committee have a very big secret. And at the same time, Jared, with his frustration against Michaela, goes to a bar and meets a group of anti-828ers who have their own little cult going in which they attack all of these 828ers. Olive then sees anti-828ers vandalize the church of the returned, and while she begs both Isaiah and Adrian not to tell anybody that she witnessed it because she doesn't want her parents to know. She does eventually go to Michaela and identifies the suspects that she saw vandalize and beat up Isaiah. And she also then tells her parents that she is part of the believers now, much to the dismay of Grace and Ben, and it causes all three of them to get into a huge fight. Michaela, Ben, and now Adrian share a calling about the plane crashing with a lot of ash, which will later make sense when they are at a party that Adrian throws for the believers. Savani, who has been experimenting on herself to isolate the DNA mutation that she has found within not only herself and Cal, but also Zeke, she does eventually successfully eliminate it, which also stops her callings. And she does tell the major this as well. At the party, Michaela and Ben realize there are a lot of A2Aders there, and Ben confronts Adrian, who denies everything. And 
Michaela was called to this party by Isaiah, who was going to give her some information regarding the beating and the vandalization. Ben was called due to his callings. And Adrian apparently wasn't even supposed to be there, but still showed up anyways. Ben was also given a text message from Adrian, which Adrian denies, that he ever invited Ben to the party because why would he? They don't get along. So people start falling over and it is figured it and it is figured out that there is some sort of acid in the champagne that everyone is drinking. And then we also see Isaiah, who does work with Adrian, start a fire and lock all the doors, trying to prove all of the passengers cannot die. And as a result of the fire, a handful of A28ers do end up passing away. And TJ himself is presumed dead in the fire, while Ben and Adrian help an injured Olive out of the burning building. Ben then has a calling that leads him to a Zen garden. He goes back and he takes Olive and they follow the calling into underground tunnels in which they end up finding that TJ is very much alive, although he is injured because he was in a fire and an explosion, but he is alive. Michaela sets up a trap for Jared in the bar of the anti-828ers to prove that Jared is working with them and... She does end up getting that information to her boss. Zeke has started to develop frostbite and they all figure out that he is ultimately dying the way that he should have in the cave a year earlier. Let's not forget that everybody does have a death date. And it is, the death date is the amount of time that a survivor was gone is how much time they have left. So Zeke was gone for a year. So a year from the day he returned is his death date. Everyone, Cal, Ben, TJ, and Grace are now sharing a very random calling with a storm. And the storm is almost real, but it's causing all of them to go mad. Grace is having horrible seasickness. Cal, Ben, and TJ are all getting really frustrated and angry, and they are yelling and throwing things, and it's just a mess. And they eventually, they be Ben and Grace, tell Cal to calm down. It's just a storm because a huge thunderstorm strikes. And Olive is looking at them like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like the storm and she's saying there's no storm. It's nice and sunny out. And she shows them on her phone that it's like 68 degrees and sunny. And they realize that they are all actually in a calling. Which further makes Olive feel more excluded because now everyone in the house is sharing this calling. Um, As a result of the calling, they realize they have to build a ship and see A28 in the sky and the sky is the 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 plane in the sky is directly above the ship that they are rebuilding and this is actually starting up 
a very long series of events that apparently considers into season three because I am currently binging season three and it does continue on to season three. Um, I would explain what this ship means. However, I can't pronounce any of the words and it kind of will just get confusing if I can't pronounce the words to keep track of everything. So I'm just going to skip over that information and save it for season three recap. But keep this moment in your mind because this is just the start of everything. And once they build the ship though and they see a 8 in the sky, the calling does end. Jared is now arresting Michaela after she is questioned by AI because their boss did bring the wiretap or the bug up to IA to investigate Jared because if she didn't, Michaela would know something is up. And we do find out that Jared is undercover. He is not actually befriending these anti-828ers. He is undercover. So he ends up arresting Michaela after she is questioned by IA and her union rep is able to convince them to move the interrogation downtown because he feels like their interviewing process is not fair to Michaela. So Jared, it is come to find out, only arrested Michaela because her union rep was going to kill her. And we find out that Ben's hiring person and old friend is actually him and his wife are the leaders of the anti-828ers. So he is leading this and he is getting into the Stone's life. And he is using everything he is finding against 828 and using this to fuel the war that is happening. Grace gets a calling about a bridge and a man yelling for help. Her and Ben track it down, find Adrian who has the same calling and they get into a fight and while Ben is chasing Adrian who runs off, Grace falls which actually results in her water breaking at 29 weeks and Adrian goes to prove that the callings are not for good. He mentions to Ben later on that the Collins led Grace to where they were only to have her fall, get her water broken, and almost die and lose the baby. However, while Grace and the baby are in danger and at the hospital, Adrian come, Adrian's calling comes true when he helps a guy from drowning. The guy is in a overturned boat or canoe or something, and he's yelling for help. Adrian just happens to be there and saves him. It actually turns out that the guy that Adrian found and helped is actually the only doctor who can save both Grace and the baby, and he was out of communication. Nobody could get in contact with him. I wonder why. He was too busy being in the water. Um, so he does show up. He does save Grace and the baby. 
And because of the undercover sting, the anti-A2-8ers and Simon, who is the person that hired Ben, are all arrested. Adrian and Cal start sharing a calling on both three unknown shadow figures who will come into play very shortly. Savani is close to a cure for Zeke for him to beat his death date. However, she does end up losing her medical license due to the major wanting to stop her and be the first one to discover all of this information because she wants to use it for evil, not good. And if she can find all this information and Savani can't keep her medical practice in her labs, then she's out of the picture and the major doesn't have to worry about anything. So Savani confronts the major, poisons her, threatens her saying that she can stop the poison if the major tells her what she found in regards to trying to save Zeke. And they end up fighting over the vial, which ends up getting thrown and broken. And ultimately, Savani killed the major. Michaela is about to arrest a kid for stealing, but has a calling to let him go. So she does so. However, she soon realizes that he is involved in cooking meth. Jared and Michaela come across the meth lab ran by three guys, Jace, his brother Pete, and this guy Corey. And despite the calling advising her to let them go, she arrests all three. At this point, Zeke and Michaela get married, believing that he is about to die in a couple of days. And Cal is kidnapped by Jace, Pete, and Corey after they escape en route to Rikers in order to get their stash back so they are holding Cal for ransom. Zeke has a calling as to where, where Cal is located. So Zeke, Michaela, and Ben go to the location. He is advised to stay in the vehicle because at this point he is literally freezing to death. I mean, this dude has frostbite all over. You know, his ear is turning black. I mean, it, it's horrible. It is a very bad situation. And if he goes outside where it's negative degrees, he's not going to make it. So Michaela and Ben go to the location, tell Zeke to stay in the car, but don't worry, he doesn't. Cal is set free by the brother Pete while Jace is on a rampage and yelling at everybody. And as a result of being released, Cal is running from the three of them. Jace is chasing Cal, and then Pete and Corey are chasing Jace. So they're all in this chase, and they eventually fall through ice, and the three of them are presumed dead. Zeke saves Cal, and then Zeke dies. But don't worry. Zeke comes back to life, beating his death date. And this results in everyone believing that you can beat your death date by doing good. So if you do good leading up to your death date, it'll counteract the death date and you will survive it. Ben then has a calling about the plane exploding and crashing into the ocean. At the same time, these boat, these fishermen on a boat somewhere, some island, Cuba, I think, or something, I'm not really sure finds the tail fin 
of eight to eight in the water. It is the actual tail fin of eight to eight. All right, so now that we have recapped season two, I do want to go ahead and say that season two, this is where the ratings went down on this show. So the average viewership that the show experienced for season one was over 12 million views. By season two, there were only an average of seven, a little over seven and 7.5 million people. It was over seven and a half million people that were watching this. And we do, we know that the show was canceled by NBC because of low ratings. And I am actually very surprised that the ratings went down low. So even though I did stop watching it halfway through, I am just really surprised that the ratings continue to go down. So the ratings continue to go down with each episode, which is very weird. Um, there was a spike in the middle and then at the very end, especially at the end, the end of the season ironically, the part of the season that I stopped watching is the one where the ratings got extremely high for the season. But the the ratings overall, the average, the average viewership for it went down. And it is very surprising because I actually am extremely into this. So even though I stopped watching it halfway through season two, binging it now, I am more into it. And I can see why the viewership went up on the second half, because that is where it got really good. And season three so far has been absolutely amazing. I can't wait to talk about it because I am going to deep dive into this. I am going to deep dive into the ship that they built in season two and all of the information that they are gathering in season three and it's almost like real life like it's it's just one of those things like i am sitting here now because of season three i'm sitting and like binge watching the alaskan triangle and stuff because this is what it all just reminds me of for manifest and i am extremely disappointed so far that it was canceled due to low ratings. Like I don't understand how it was having having low viewership because it got so good. Like I want to know why people stopped watching it. I personally stopped watching it because of my work schedule and everything, but like why? And what's even worse is that even though Netflix has announced that they are going to release season four. It is unknown when they are going to release it. Um, they have already filmed it, obviously. But it is not known when it is going to show up, when they're going to air it. And I hope that they actually air it this year 
because they did film it and it's already done and it's 20 episodes. Um, so this is going to be the most episodes that this season, this series is going to have. And it is absolutely exciting. And I can't wait because I miss 20 episode shows. I hate these shows that are only going for 10 to 13 episodes. I feel like you can cover so much more in 20 plus episodes. And the fact that Netflix renewed this for 20 episodes, I am here for it. Um, you know, so with that being said, there have been no shakeups to the cast so far, which I'm absolutely loving. I believe there are a couple shakeups in season three leading into season four, but I can't confirm that since season four is not available. Um, but um, I am also hoping that season four is going to bring a lot of stuff. Um, but anyways, um, with that being said, because I'm just going to go on and on with this. So with that being said, um, this is it for that for this episode of That's a Wrap. As always, I am Shannon. Go ahead and give the Instagram a follow rate and review the episode and make sure you are following the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts because I am showing that the ratings on this are going up and the listeners are going up as well and that is very exciting. So go ahead and stay tuned for some more episodes and make sure that you do stay connected to this podcast to know what is going on. I will talk to you guys on the next episode of That's a Wrap. Bye.